0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges.
1: This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian certified counselor and award winning psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Michael will be doing part two of last week's show, Thriving in Troubling Times. The biblical passage is Jeremiah 29 1 through 10. If you are new to this show, we're on the air every Monday at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization by going to elimcounselingministry.com Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com Or by calling 1-877-544-3546 this is a listener-sponsored broadcast. So, if you like this show, consider supporting us by making a donation at ilimcounselingministry dot com. Let's go right into today's show.
0: I am so excited to be back in studio today to continue. The show that we started last week, Thriving in Troubling Times. And last week we did part one. Today we're going to go on to part two. And for those of you who listened last week, you know that our text was from Jeremiah 29 and it was from verse one to 10, one to 11 really. And in verse 11, we said Jeremiah 11 is one of the most well known passages in the in the entire New Testament. And it has become more and more popular over the last 20 years or so due to the prosperity gospel and due to the translation of the NIV that uses the word prosper instead of peace. And so in that passage, Jeremiah 29 and 11, for those of you who don't know, reads as follows. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And with the Prosper Gospel, this verse is like a, a theme verse because it ha- even has the word prosper in it. But last week we said that this verse is taken out of context because in the context in which it is given... It doesn't mean that God is going to make you rich, and it certainly doesn't mean that whatever you're going through, it's going to turn out okay, and God is going to rescue you from it. Because we said that we needed to read the rest of Jeremiah 29, and in particular, Jeremiah 29, verses 4 to 10, which gives us a picture of the context in which this verse was given. And we said that it was given in while the Israelites were in in exile and wanted to know what would become of them. And many of the though them who were in exile expected a speedy delivery out of exile. But God in Jeremiah 29 verse 4 to 10 made it known that they were going to be there for 70 years and it was not going to be a quick fix. So let me just read that portion again. Jeremiah 29 verse 4 to 10 reads as follows, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your sons in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughter. Increase in numbers, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prosper, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive You do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. So this verse was not a verse given to individuals that mean that God is going to make every single individual person prosper. It has been taken out of context. It's a verse that was given collectively. To a group of people where God is saying, you are, as a nation, you are not going to be destroyed by the Babylonians. I'm going to prosper you as a nation and I'm going to bring you back out of captivity. And did God do that? Yes. God was faithful to his words and in 70 years, the Israelites were, were freed from captivity in Babylon and return to their homeland. And so this verse which is the favorite, one of the favorite verses is taken out of context so we need to keep Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 4 to 10 in context whenever we read that verse because too many people interpret this to mean God is going to give me a fancy car and a big house and you know I'm always I'm never going to be sick, everything is going to work out but the people to whom this scripture was given initially, many of them died in captivity and never made it out. But despite the gloominess of the picture I've painted so far, I also said last week, that there are five important principles found in this passage of Scripture that can help us to thrive in whatever situation we are going through. And last week we looked at two of the five principles, and we only were able to do two last week, and I have three to do this week, so I'm not going to go over those two that we did. If you missed those two, first two points. I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel elimcounselingministry.com. You'll be able to access our YouTube channel from there or if you do a search on YouTube for elimcounselingministry.com you will find the the show there. So uh, to fully understand this show uh, or to fully get the five principles you will need to refer to the two principles that were covered in last week's show. But this week's show we are going to be doing the other three principles that are covered in this that will be covered that are covered in the in the scripture so the third principle the first that we'll be talking about today which is actually the third of the five principle is found in the statement that God gave to the Israelites through this letter to Jeremiah in in verse 6, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 6. And in verse 6, God says, Marry and have sons and daughters. And that, that point that I am capturing under the heading, Relationships versus isolation. Relationships versus isolation. So what God is saying to the Israelites there, You are going to be in captivity. You are going to be in Babylon. But do not let this this trying situation, this troubling situation. Do not let this catastrophe cause you to fall apart as a people where you each go your separate ways and you forget who you are as a people. Build relationships. Marry. Have sons and daughters and encourage your sons and daughters to also marry and have sons and daughters. So God is saying through Jeremiah that relationships need to flourish even while you're in captivity and this is a very important principle because one of the tendencies that we have when we are suffering when we are going through hard times is to cut off ties with others and to isolate ourselves and I think that is very dangerous because isolation is a fertile breeding ground for depression and anxiety and other mental illness and studies have also shown that relationship having healthy relationships with people is a recipe for mental mental health and for for even spiritual growth and even physical well-being and so there is one study that was done was published in 2010 in the Journal of Health and Social Behavior. And in that study, that they said that having physical contact, having relationships or having human contact is vital for our mental health and for our physical health also. And they said that a lack of human contact can lead to things like Worsening cardiovascular disease, repeated heart attack, autoimmune disorders, high blood pressure, cancer, and slowed wound healing. So, when God is saying to the Israelites, marry and have sons and daughters, is another way of saying, Even in the midst of this catastrophe that you are in that looks like a dismal failure of your God to, to protect you and to deliver you from this evil foe, the Babylonians, you need to make sure that you continue to have healthy relationships. Marry and have sons and daughters. So human interaction is is very very important, and one study says that the rising the rising incidence of anxiety and depression and other mental problems, is a result of a lack of close human relationship. So, regardless of what you are going through, it is important to try to cultivate human. Connection. And I know during the time of COVID, this is hard because many of us, we, we, have our, we have only our, our circle, our bubble that we need to stay in. But you can, you can have human contact or human uh, relationship even in isolation. You don't have to be sitting within six feet of someone to ha- to meet with someone and have a, a meaningful conversation. When you have relationship with others, you are encouraged, you can be encouraged by what they have to say to you. You can share each other's burden. You can learn from the mistakes or they can give you advice based on what they have already been through. So although the temptation when we are going through hard time is to withdraw, God was saying, no, don't fall apart as a people, come together together. And that's implied in the statement in verse 6 of Jeremiah 29, marry and have sons and daughters. And so as we go through COVID, my encouragement to you today is to, if you're in a position of leadership that you try to find a way of finding those people who have no relatives in Ottawa, people who live alone, people who are, are maybe aging, people who, who who you know are vulnerable during these times, find a way to make connections with those people because it's not good for their immune system for them to be alone. And it is ironic that as we go into shutdown, we are trying to fight this disease, and we are going into shutdown that we're isolating ourselves more. But the study that I referred to, that was published in the Journal of Health and Social Behavior, says That isolation affects our immune system. And so it's ironic that we are fighting this disease, but we are isolating ourselves more. And God is saying to the Israelites, God said to the Israelites that they were not to isolate themselves, that they were to marry and have sons and daughters. So that's the the first point for today, but the third point in this this two-part series that we're doing. The second point is found in the statement, Seek the peace and prosperity. That is found in verse 7 of Jeremiah 29. So God is telling the Israelites, These people have attacked you, they have taken you from your homeland, they have carried you into their country, and you are in exile, but... When you, when you, while you are there, seek the peace and prosperity of the Babylonians. Now, this sounds very, very strange and counterintuitive. I don't know about you, but if I were in that day and these people have been so, so, uh, vicious and, and so destructive to, to us as a nation and to my people, my first inclination would not be to pray that the Babylonians prosper. So it's very strange indeed that God is telling the Israelites that not only are you going to be there for 70 years, but while you are there, pray that the Babylonians prosper. You know, I would say to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, are you sure you're hearing from God? Are you sure that you know, God didn't say that we are to pray for their destruction, that they, you know, that they, the earth opens up and that there be some kind of a natural disaster that swallows the Babylonians and leave just the Israelites. But no, God actually is saying something very wise because God's plan was for them to be there for 70 years. And God is saying, if they prosper, you are going to prosper As well, because you're living in that land, but there is a deeper part to that. So, so this point that comes under this heading is forgiveness versus bitterness. Whereas the tendency is for us to want to be bitter when someone have done us wrong, God is saying, no, you need to forgive these people. You need to come to the place in your heart where you're able to pray for their well-being. And you cannot pray sincerely pray for someone's well-being unless you have let go of bitterness and resentment towards them. And so God is, Is telling the Israelites through Jeremiah, let go of bitterness, let go hating these people. Because when we hate people, we're actually destroying ourselves. Someone says that bitterness and unforgiveness is like drinking poison and wishing that someone else would die. And Jesus and God is saying through Jeremiah, don't do that. Don't be Don't, don't have these people up in your heart and pray for their demise and their destruction. Pray that they prosper. And this sounds very similar to what Jesus says in the New Testament when he says, pray for your enemies and do good for those, for those who hurt you. And so, There is wisdom behind this that psychologists are now uh, finding out through their studies. In one study that was done by Charlotte Wittlet, and she's a psychologist at Hope College, and she asked people to think about someone who had hurt, mistreated, or offended them while they thought about this person and his or her past offence. She monitored their blood pressure, their heart rate, their facial muscle tension, and even their sweat gland activity. And and to ruminate, she also asked them to ruminate on an old transgression Uh to to practice unforgiveness. Sure enough, in the research, what she found is that as these people recalled their grudge, their physical arousal soared, their blood pressure increased, their heart rate increased, they sweated more, and rumination about these grudges turned out to be very stressful for the people who were being examined, and it made them feel angry, sad, anxious, and less in control of their lives. What, what Wittily had also asked her subject to try to empathize with offenders and to imagine that they were forgiving their offenders. And what she found out is that when they imagine and practice forgiveness, she found out that their physical arousal coasted downwards. In other words, their blood pressure went down and they didn't have these stress symptoms that they
1: had. Before Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on part 2 of the topic Thriving in Troubling Times. Elim is a Christian counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com, where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Donations help us provide counseling services to the less fortunate of our society and help us keep this program on the air. Back to Michael.
0: In another study by the Harvard Medical School uh, in Harvard Health Publishing, It reads as follows, I'm just quoting a section here, quote, Practicing forgiveness can have powerful health benefits. Observational studies and even some randomized trials suggest that forgiveness is associated with lower levels of depression, anxiety, and hostility, reduced substance abuse, higher self-esteem, and greater life satisfaction, And it goes on to say, yet forgiveness is not always easy, unquote. And so God is way ahead of these psychological studies, not surprisingly, is God. And so what God is saying to the Israelites is, you're going to be there for a while. And if you are bitter while you are there in exile, it's not going to destroy the Babylonians. It's going to destroy you. And so in order for you to thrive even while you're going through that difficult time, I want you to bring yourself To forgive. Forgiveness versus bitterness. I want you to pray that these people who have captured you, that they would prosper. This is not easy because many of these Israelites saw their loved ones being murdered. The men who put up resistance against this captivity, against this invading army, This invading army would have been murdered. But yet God is saying you need to let go of that bitterness and pray for them. I know that there are many of you who have had very bad things done by people who betrayed you, by people who may have taken advantage of you in different ways. And it's not always easy to forgive. It's not easy. But forgiveness is good for you it's not letting the other people off the hook it's uh, it's not allowing yourself to continue to be affected by what they have done for you and uh, some of the studies say that forgiveness is a is a two part process it's uh, one part is you uh willing yourself to forgive and the other part is the emotional healing so by you saying I pray and I pray for this person or I forgive this person doesn't mean that your emotion is going to change right away, but it's a step in the right direction because if you will yourself to, to forgive and to pray despite how you feel, eventually you'll be able to let go of the grudges. As the study showed that we looked at earlier, just by, just by visualizing practicing forgiveness in the in the in the lab they saw that it had physiological benefits to the subject who, who who practiced it and so it doesn't necessarily mean that they were over their hurt and their pain but just by practicing it they were putting themselves in a healthier mindset and so when god asks us to forgive it is for our benefit. And so it's not saying that the person who was hurt, you will not face judgment because the Babylonians did face judgment from God. It is saying, I am leaving things in God's hand. It's up to him how he deals with these people if they do not repent. But where I am concerned, I am not going to let the bitterness and resentment take over my life And destroy me. And the the, the final point that I want to talk about today is found in verse 8 and 9 of Jeremiah 29, where God says to to Jeremiah, to the Israelites in captivity, Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. And that's a very interesting statement when God says, Do not listen to the dreams that you encourage these diviners and these these false prophets to have. It, It is a way of saying that these people are telling you things that you want to hear you want to hear that you will go back you will be out of captivity in no time but it's not necessarily the truth so so the f- the final point and the, the the fifth point and the third point for today The fifth point in the two-part series and the third point for today is spirituality versus wishful thinking. Many of us have this wishful kind of thinking where we think things are always going to go how we want it to go. It's always going to be to our our benefits. But what God was saying in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 is that there is a bigger picture than just your circumstance that you can see right now. Many of you are going to die in exile He was saying because you're going, God says you're going to be there 70 years and you're already an adult. It means that you know you're going to be there a long time and you're probably not going to make it out, but there is a bigger picture that you can see. But wishful thinking has this mindset that everything is going to work out in your benefit and in your timing and to your advantage. And so what spirituality goes a lot deeper than that. Spiritual Spirituality realized that there is a God who is bigger and wiser than us and that we don't, do not have the full picture. The story is told of a man who went into a pastor's office and he said, I've worked hard all my life, but I have known nothing but hunger and thirst and I've often gone without food I have been in three car crashes, I have been attacked and beaten by angry mobs, and once I was shot and left for dead, and I have been imprisoned many times. And as the story unfolds, the pastor went on to ask him a series of questions, you know, first of all, telling him that he needed God in his life, that, you know, maybe he's under some kind of generational curse, or maybe... That he needs to find out what God's will is for his life and everything would be okay. And then an older senior pastor heard of this and said to this younger pastor, Do you realize that this man's life is almost identical to that of the Apostle Paul? And so if we read 2 Corinthians 11 22 to 29, we can see the the parallels. Paul was stoned, which is the equivalent of being shot at today. Uh, Paul was shipwrecked three times, which could be the equivalent of car crash today. Paul talks about going without food and being hungry. And so suffering does not necessarily mean that you're outside of the will of God. I think wishful thinking makes it that way. But true spirituality embraces suffering as a part of Of his existence. So here are some of the hallmarks of false spirituality. If you're in a spirituality which always makes you feel good, then chances are that it's about you and it's not really about. God. If your spirituality never challenge you, then it's not making you grow. And if your spirituality is always telling you what you want to hear, like the false prophet back in the time of Jeremiah, I think that's a red flag, because sp- true spirituality will tell you things that is hard to accept. And if your spirituality focuses on material possessions, then chances are that it has missed what spirituality is about, because spirituality by its very essence is is the opposite of material things. So, Jeremiah, speaking to the Israelites, said to them... Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams that you have encouraged them to have. And I think that many of what is happening in uh, our societies today is that people have preachers who are telling them what they want to hear. Serve God and you are going to be wealthy. Serve God and you will never get sick. But I think like God says, said to the the diviners back in Jeremiah's time. God is saying to us today: Do not listen to these diviners. Do not listen to these false prophets because they are just telling you what you want. To hear. So that's it for today's show. I want to thank you for listening. If you have missed the first part or the, or the first part of this first part of this series or the first part of this show, you can listen to it by going to our website at elamconsultingministry dot Elam is spelled E L I M Counseling with two Ls, ministry. Dot com. You can also consider giving a donation to us. We're a nonprofit organization that depends on your support to offer subsidized counseling. You can do so through our, our website at elimcounselingministry.com or through our Patreon page at patreon.com. We also want to remind you that we have over 200 podcasts for your listening pleasure on our YouTube channel. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Art of Elim Counseling Services praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.